0: Welcome to the Sober Edge podcast, inspiration for alcohol-free living. I'm your host, Terry Patterson, functional nutritionist and This Naked Mind senior coach. The Sober Edge is a place to explore the infinite possibilities on the other side of drinking. In a culture soaked in booze, discover the wonder and joy of taking a different path. Meet real people living lives of purpose and passion, learn the truth behind the alcohol myths, and get ready to be motivated, inspired, and astounded by what is possible with the Sober Edge. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Episode 114. I'm so grateful for each of you that listen and tune in every week. And thank you for sharing the podcast and sharing your feedback with me. And if you would be so kind to leave a rating and review, it really does help other people find the podcast and learn more about the inspiration behind alcohol-free living. So thank you for that. Uh, in addition to introducing my guest, I want to share a couple of things that are happening in my world this week. So the first one is, you asked and I listened. You have been giving me some feedback on my brand new program, Stop Drinking in Your 50s and Beyond. This is a self-paced program that is ready for you when you're ready to stop drinking. So uh, you asked for a payment plan. You asked for coaching. And so I have reworked the program Program So that now for a limited time coaching is included and there is a payment plan It's a low priced item that offers a lot of value. So you can check it out in the show notes today Stop drinking near 50s and beyond hit me up if you have any questions I'm really excited about the value of this very special offer To help those of you that are still wanting to stop drinking now And then I also want to remind you that it's not too late to take advantage of the free month of book club. Yes, my partner Sarah and I are offering the free month of December to come check out the book club. We're going to have a couple exciting things happening in the book club this month of December. And one is a special author spotlight with Meg Guesswhite, who wrote the book Intoxicating Lies. We're also, as our book pick for December, reading the book by Oprah Winfrey and Arthur C. Brooks called Build the Life You Want. I personally have been so inspired about the research on happiness and becoming happier. So please check it out and consider joining us for December. We'd love to have you. And then finally, uh, episode 114 is an interview and conversation with my friend and fellow coach, Alison Barber, and we're going to talk about her journey back from kind of a place where she was feeling really like the world was getting small and feeling a bit lost and really using alcohol as kind of the duct tape to hold everything together, and the beautiful way that life has opened up on the other side of not drinking, and her story to becoming a coach, it's a power-packed episode that I know you're going to enjoy. So let's get to it. Well, hey, everyone. It's Terry back with another edition of the Sober Edge podcast. And I'm very excited to introduce you to a friend, a fellow coach, and someone who has a compelling story about her own value becoming the place where her transformation started. So, Allison Barber, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Terry. Yes. So we've been chatting a little bit ahead of time. We probably should have hit record earlier because we had some great thoughts and conversation around this um, place where you found yourself at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, kind of with one of those places where everything was piling up. And you shared a story about kind of the moment you realized that maybe you needed to take back some of your
1: own power. So can we start there? Yeah, I was, I was working, I still work for, for my mom and, um, for 23 years and my marriage was getting, um, pretty difficult. Uh, three teen girls. And so, you know, you can imagine with the hormones and my hormones, I'm turning 53 and, um, you know, things were just building up. Uh, I, prior to that, I'd been, uh, a competitive, gymnast uh, through college. And so being able to rely on my body was um, was really, really important to me. Um, so in December of 2019, I ruptured a cervical disc traveling back from New York City. And so things were culminating and I was just feeling the pressure of life. And I was probably drinking I don't know, maybe up to a bottle of wine a day. It was pretty, And it was pretty easy for me to do that. Um, once I ruptured my disc, I was also on medication for pain. And I just felt like my world was getting really small. And um, I just felt like all of that was imploding. Um, I had surgery right before the pandemic hit. I was probably one of the last surgeries that were done before everything kind of got shut down. And I went to, um, and I, so I was already feeling like I, um, was cooped up in my home. So I took my 12 year old down to Florida and I literally packed five bottles of wine in my suitcase because I was just, that was just what I did. I thought I was going to have that with me and I drank every single bottle. And I thought, I've got my 12 year old daughter here and something's got to give. So that was sort of the culmination of my, what I call my end, um, where I kind of got into my end. Um, and, uh, once I got back, that's when, um, sort of my journey out of that sort of darkness started.
0: Oh, thank you for sharing that because it's so powerful to just state where we were. And you and I talked a little bit before I hit record that, you know, understanding that it doesn't make us less valuable and less of a human and less beautiful, even though we have struggles and we may choose things like alcohol to cope. And we may do things that we look back on and say, oh, that feels like a hard time. But you said something there that I think is really also uh, worth mentioning or circling back to is this idea of This was the end. And then from that end becomes this new beginning. And that is such a beautiful place to recognize. Uh, You know, we often think in the modern culture and the way that uh, society tells us we have to hit a rock bottom or, you know, it has to get really, really bad. And the truth is that we can begin again at any point. And so I love this idea of this transformation being this recognition of this is a new starting place.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a turning point for me. And looking back, um, I think what one of my biggest takeaways is, um, and because I'm a natural like rule follower, um, being a gymnast, things needed to be perfect. my faith that, you know, gives me sort of boundaries of, again, following rules and connecting my value to whether or not I'm sort of meeting those expectations. And where I really got to, um, was knowing that my value is not tied to my behavior. And of course, my choices impact um, the direction of my life. Um, I, I think it's really, really important, um, to recognize that no matter what my choices are, my value does not change as a human. So I'm not a better person when I make better choices and I'm not a worse person when I make worse choices. I'm still the same person. Um, but I get the opportunity to make choices that are going to open up opportunities for me as opposed to making choices, which of course I'm still human making you know lots of choices that um you know we get to we get to learn from
0: i think that's such a unique perspective uh and we need more of that um you know in the world to so shout that out from the rooftops and say hey it's not about your behavior it doesn't define your value or worth so how did you come to that when did you recognize like that was an important place for you to focus and to build this new um this new life this new um place where you are now living
1: well um that feels a little elusive to put my finger on it um but what i will say is working toward um getting freedom from alcohol felt very freeing um at the beginning stages of course um there was a, there was tension and there was this inner struggle. You know, you want it, you don't want it. What does that look like? I never intended on stopping drinking entirely. Um, but as I was going on and learning from this naked mind that I was on the PATH um, program, um, doing that work caused me to realize that that one thing in my life was closing so many doors to, to other things. And as I was willing to open up and get inquisitive about what alcohol was really doing in my life and did the beliefs I held for such a long time, were they really true? Um, And instead of being so quick to condemn myself for drinking I kind of took a step back almost outside of myself and looked in and thought, well, what, how is it serving me? And it is okay. It's okay that I'm where I'm at and I don't have to stay stuck. Um, But each time I was getting more footing by taking a break from drinking, I was learning so much more by removing that sort of self-condemnation, waking up thinking, oh, I did it again like this I I can't get a handle on this when I felt like everything else in my life seemed relatively um under control mm,
0: yeah control's a big one right we think that uh you know as long as everything is under control that we can make it through life but I I really appreciate you sharing that. It's not about that. It's not about the control, you know, because we really have so little control. And I think that's one of the things we recognize after we stop drinking. Um, A lot of times, Annie Grace herself says alcohol was the thing holding, you know, the duct tape holding things together. Um, We feel that way, but it really is not true. And as we peel away that duct tape and things shake out the way they're actually supposed to be, it feels very different. And you mentioned something that uh, is really a beautiful philosophy, and that is the place where we come with less condemnation and more curiosity and more self-compassion. So I love that you were able to mention to yourself, tell your change that inner dialogue from hey, it's okay to be here where I am.
1: Yeah, I meet so many people that feel like I did where if I just get to this whatever that line is, you know, if I could just do this, then I'll then I'll feel better. And I think it's important to recognize that where you are right now, it is okay. And what what I mean by that too is like you're gaining more awareness. You're gaining more,, um, just a readiness for change. And that in and of itself is a step. And we don't and, and but like a lot of people, I, I want to get to the finish line, whatever that is, I've defined for myself. Um, And I've had to transition. um, And since I've transitioned out of that, or I mean, working, of course, work in progress. um, It feels very um, freeing to be able to just be okay, right where I am in the process of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talked um also before I hit record that your business is um your business philosophy and part of your business
1: name is inside out freedom. What does that mean to you? Um it probably goes back to, I mean, part of it is is my faith and part of it is the, the struggles and difficulties I was going through. I kept focusing and blaming. Other people outside of myself, and while there could be, there were things that were very true about the, that my situation. Um, I limited what um, power and opportunities I had within myself because all my energy was getting focused outward. So where I can take hundred percent responsibility for myself and my choices, all of a sudden, I've got all this space to do whatever I want. And I'm not, I'm not responsible for, if I make a decision that's different than what maybe I used to make, I'm also not responsible for how another person receives that.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of personal growth, right? It takes some it takes some guts <laughs> to get there because we, you know, we have been doing it a certain way for so long, and yeah. And you shared, you know, that life was getting pretty lifey. Um, lots of things were happening for you, and you have continued to um, meet these challenges or these uh, as opportunities, I should say. I mean, I think sometimes when we are in this place where we are now um, showing up different in the world and we have more um, compassion, confidence, tools. It looks like nothing is happening underneath. You know, everything is fine. Like when life is great. And I think it's so powerful to just share that, you know, my own life, I have a number of challenges that I face with family circumstances, lots of things. And we all do and so being able to step back from the circumstances are controlling all of this into this place where oh these are my choices my thoughts my opportunities
1: and that is just that's where the freedom really comes yeah yeah it really does it opened up a lot for me and and just to encourage any listener it as we're going through these challenges i mean i i I stopped drinking June of 2020 and since then I have re ruptured my m- the same disc in my neck. I've gone through a divorce. My my middle daughter and I are having tremendous difficulty. Um you know, I'm I work for my my almost 86 year old mother and and that transition is very sticky. Um being alcohol free um it really, it's like it takes this haze away from my view, and it also provides me space to let other people be themselves, and I'm not responsible for them. Um, but being responsible for myself, I can work on the thoughts I think, the behavior I, you know, that transpires out of that. Um, and sometimes it looks so much healthier and sometimes it still looks like you need to still need a little more work. Um, but it feels so great and empowering and to, um, have evenings now where I can choose what I want to do. I get so much better sleep and I'm, I'm just not having that mental tension inside anymore where it used to be just this inner battle in my head of, of, you know, conflicting values, what I think I believe. And yet here I was, you know, over drinking and it just was so incongruent that now I have just so much more inner peace, um, even with the outside circumstances being, you know, what they are.
0: Mm, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And it really is encouraging. Like we don't have to wait for everything to be perfect in our life to make a change around alcohol. In fact, um, don't wait is always my message, because things will. Um, be easier. Um, there will be more ease in our lives when we are no longer battling ourselves when we are no longer hiding parts of ourselves because we do feel incongruent and we're living outside of our values or our character. Um, that's a, such a challenging place to stay. and you know it, it might seem crazy that alcohol letting go of alcohol can change everything, but it does. Was
1: that your experience? Oh, 100%. I did. And I, you can't see what you don't, when you, what you haven't experienced. And as an adult, I've always been a drinker. So, um, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And, um, I, I did know as it was building up that this was incongruent with my values and how I wanted to live, Um, but I didn't realize how many positive things were going to be impacted by removing it. And like I said, I had every intention of getting to be a normal drinker or a moderate drinker, whatever that looked like, but it was just going to be less than what I was drinking. And I was going to be in control of that. And I didn't understand the truth about how addictive it actually is and how it, it calls on itself. And it's, um, and so it was easier once I started learning some of the, um, truths about alcohol that this was not just, this was not just a me problem. This was what alcohol was doing to my brain and body. And, um, that gave me some room to experiment and just see what might be out there for me without it in my life and realizing that I did, it wasn't just a battle of wi- of my will.
0: Yes and in, that is such an important point because we do think that uh control is what this is about and again you know our culture and modern society models to us that moderation is the golden ticket and you know I have people ask me all the time so I'll ask you this question Allison do you think moderation is possible
1: I think for some people they they seem to be able to moderate I mean I can I can't I don't think that because of how far I got down the road with my tolerance that that would be possible for me. I mean, maybe. Um, and at the end of the day, I feel like it kind of doesn't matter because I I just have to, I can only do myself. And um, if other people can moderate, um, they can. Uh, I, But it But also is it benefiting them to what benefit is moderating? What what positive is it adding to your life? And what I boiled it down to is, I mean, you can't deny the first maybe 20, 30 minutes of that sort of um, dopamine rush and and whatever, but you can't just have that without all the other things that come along with it um, that affect our sleep or irritability you know it's a depressant so you can't just have the 20 minutes and then not have the effects of all the rest so i do think that um if people can moderate um i mean we're we're adults um but i do think we glorify it and we give it so many so many jobs that in reality it it doesn't really hold up
0: yeah thank you for that i i kind of believe or tend to think that we should have another word. I don't think moderation is the right word because I think we get it jumbled up. This is my opinion only, but I feel like we get it jumbled up that moderation looks like somebody who is over drinking and is struggling to drink less suddenly being able to just drink with no consequences occasionally. But I see um, once we're drinking uh, and using alcohol to meet a lot of those unmet needs, I don't think the um, there's really the possibility of just carefree drinking occasionally. I think those people are occasional drinkers. Like there is no emotional attachment to alcohol for them. They're not using alcohol for stress and loneliness and boredom and pain relief and all of the things that so many of us who are drinking more than we want to and have fallen into some place on the alcohol use spectrum disorder um you know i think that we i would love to see uh, a different word <laughs> so that's just my you know own thoughts around it
1: yeah for sure um i think there are people who it it's very it's very minimal on their sp- they're in their mind and on their mind. And it, it definitely isn't used for, uh, all those purposes you mentioned. Um, so, um, I just didn't fall
0: into that category. Yeah, nor did I. And I think, um, most of the clients that you and I see, um, are, are not also, they're also not in that place because if they if, if someone is saying, oh, a glass of wine. Okay. I guess. Sure. If we go to the picnic, I might nah, I decided didn't want one. Those are not our clients.
1: No, <laughs> oh, and that definitely wasn't me. But I love the fact that we have the space now where we can talk about um this sort of gray area where you know we've I, I think AA has helped so 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 many people and the community and the and the people in it are are wonderful and and i think that community aspect is so important and i love now that there's even more space for um to add into that to have people um have just a, a safe place to just kind of question what role alcohol is playing in their life and is it i mean we've got this one life and as we um as we drink and we're not even really aware we're just kind of doing it because that's what our culture um, calls for us to do. Um, I think it's only going to grow and people will have the opportunity to maybe choose otherwise.
0: Yeah, I do. I also appreciate the um, possibility to find people that look like you and me Um, uh, because my, I, was if I had, and I've been alcohol-free now for eight years, so eight years ago, I looked and thought, um, if I have to go to meetings, that would be like the worst thing ever. And now I, you know, I, I don't believe that anymore. But in my own mind, I thought they would be filled with only people who were um, really, you know, um, down the, the pitcher plant, so to speak, and very um, dependent and and, and had reached a rock bottom and probably had jail time and DUIs and, and divorces and all kinds of things. And, and definitely were smokers. And, you know, I had this vision and now we can see, um, the social media and the, um, opportunities that are out there to connect with people that look like you and me who say, um, Hey, I was just your average, you know, human going through life. And, I too struggled with alcohol. And now I can share, you know, how it doesn't have to look that the old picture of the bum under the bridge with a paper bag. And it's really
1: important that we continue to share our story, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and it's hard because we we constantly are comparing ourselves with other people and kind of making judgments on. You know where we fit in, and for me, when I finally dragged myself, it wasn't even to AA; it was to an Al-Anon meeting. And these women couldn't have been nicer and more welcoming. But I was like, "This is so. I'm so not going back to this." Like I, I um, because I, I just it wasn't going to meet my need, and I think that uh, the. Now that we're having more of these discussions, people are going to feel like they don't have to um, identify as alcoholic necessarily or these old labels. It can just be a conversation. And um, and again, like kind of removing that condemnation piece and just looking at yourself inquisitively and say, you know, how does this fit in my life? and And do I want to make a change? And if I want to make a change, how can I do that? Yeah, so
0: you as you talk about the things that have changed in your life, I'm getting a real um picture of you probably have done some boundary work <laughs> because of your, you know, anytime we're you know working in a family business. I think that it can spill over and boundaries can become really um, important. Um, you also mentioned, you know, um, having three teenage daughters as our children become adults. You know, we have boundaries around, you know, how do I move from parenting someone who is in my home to having this more adult relationship um you have an ex-husband there's always boundaries that come up with that so what would you say has been you know kind of a um a principle that you maybe used to navigate these relationships as you have changed and
1: grown um i would say the biggest uh, the biggest way that i have grown is in every situation i try to take full responsibility of what options I have in front of me. And just because a person might say or do something, whether it's my mom, my ex husband, my, you know, um adult um child, you know, 21 almost 21 year old, um, I try to set up responses so that it it provides peace and and opportunities for growth as opposed to just imposing my, um, my will or my wants, you know, I, I might, um, push for things that I want, but also know that it's okay if they have other thoughts and opinions, um, as opposed to trying to always try to get my way or have somebody see things from my point of view.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, that's so good because we we do, we have to let go of the outcome Mm -hmm. and we have to let go of the thought that we can control how somebody is going to respond. I often tell my clients the time to have a difficult conversation or make the decision is when you're no longer attached to the other person's response. You know, when we go to someone and we're trying to, as you said, impose our own will, we can be very charged around what is the outcome and how do I show up so that I can get my way. And when we instead take a step back and say, you know, here's my intention in having this conversation, and here are the options of things that may happen, and here's the way I want to feel on the other side of this, and it has very little to do with the other person, there's so much.
1: Um, Peace, as you said, in that place. Yeah. I really getting back to that sense of responsibility um, and creating opportunities for peaceful interactions and building relationships. And, and I think that sets um I think it sets me up for a level of influence in in a positive way, not just to get what I want, but to say i see you i hear you i appreciate your point of view because at the end of the day i'm i'm one person seeing things from my perspective and um while that may seem very true to me um i have to remember that another person has that exact same you know they're seeing things from their filter and their um and their way and and removing alcohol has allowed me to s- allow for different perspectives and not get charged by that. Um, cause things as you know, can get heated and, and tense and I don't get it right every time, but I can appreciate the fact that everybody has their unique way of experiencing the world. Mm.
0: Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that. And taking a hundred percent responsibility is tough. You know, we often, uh, one of my coping skills, certainly in my, you know, when I was drinking, when I was younger, uh, was to deflect. And sometimes we have that, you know, the best offense is a good, or best defense is a good offense. And so I, I'm in charging, like, you know, I'm going to get my way and I'm going to force the situation because then I'm going to deflect all of this responsibility. And there's so much, um, peace when we do take responsibility. Um, and it, but it's also a hard place. It's a hard place to get to, to recognize that, um, you know, we can make choices that are going to impact others. And I think sometimes Alison, I'm curious, we have this place sometimes where thinking about a hundred percent responsibility takes us into the past and we can kind of get stuck in regret. So how do you navigate that in your own life?
1: Oh, that's a that's a tough one. Um I try to forgive myself and give myself grace around think feeling like I I was doing my very best at that time with the tools that I had. Um and it's kind of a no better, do better. Um, and in the more, if I catch myself in the past and ruminating um, that awareness of where my mind is, if I can catch myself, then I can, I can kind of honor it and say, okay, that happened. And now in order to honor that, I'm going to expand my present right now and do the very best I can today. Um, in order to honor kind of the past choices.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, Brene Brown in her beautiful book, Atlas of the Heart talks about regret. And she says to live a life without regret is to live a life without courage and um, wonder. And so she really paints this beautiful picture like you just did that we can look in the past, and even with regret, we can use that as a place to acknowledge who we were. We can look at it with self-compassion, and we don't have to make up a story about um, it was wrong or I should have. We can let go a lot of, of a lot of that when we look with that place of compassion and growth like without without contemplating our past or regrets there's no growth
1: yeah i think uh the other thing that came to my mind is how much energy that i would get from thinking about things that were so hard and i if i was making um choices that i now wish were different it gave me the energy to, to make a difference today. I, I don't think that if I was as angry about my situation or if I was as depressed or down or feeling like I had failed, I also don't think it would give me that same energy to do something different. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if I was more like laissez-faire about it, I, I think that then I wouldn't have that same energy to um, really move forward in in an intentional way.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's a super important point. Thank you for that. Yeah. And I think it's a gift to the people that we get to connect with as coaches in this alcohol freedom space is to say, um, yeah, if it got sticky and messy and ugly, Go for it. That means you want something different. Like recognizing that means like, okay, enough. Like you said, the coming to that place of end. Uh, so one of the other things I want to touch on before we wrap up today, Allison, is this idea of midlife. And so uh I love reaching out to women in this place who are maybe feeling that it's too late to change or what's the point, or I'm just stuck in my ways and you stopped drinking right around 50, right? And so you're 53 now. What would you say to midlife women who might feel like,
1: is it really possible at this time of my life? Yeah, I would say there's no better time than today. Um, we're never going to be 25 again. We're never going to be 35 again. And now I think it's actually a beautiful time to consider it because at least for me now, my kids are, are so much more independent that it has freed up some time for me to go. Okay. Like I now have a little bit of time to think about what is it that Allison wants, how do I want to move forward in this new chapter of my life where my kids are, um, you know, getting ready to, you know, fly the coop. And I have, um, yeah, I have the opportunity to do whatever I, whatever I choose to do. Um, And I think it's a, it's a beautiful time and we never know when our last day is. So today is, is the perfect day to, to start. And, and it just opens up so many options for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. And thank you for that. It's such a place of encouragement and hope for us, no matter how old we are. I also think that the reasons that we choose to take a look at alcohol in our life, in midlife, look a little different. And I think that, yeah, like you said, there's no better time um, because we can move into um, midlife and beyond with a sense of Purpose and passion and meaning and opportunity that I have found to be just this has been the favorite part of my life.
1: Yeah. Well, it definitely, we now have perspective where mm-hmm. when we were younger, we were gaining what was going to become our perspective. So now, you know, come with wrinkles and come with gray hair, we also have, you know, the opportunity to be able to kind of look back and see what was working and what isn't. And, um, and the beauty of being able to look forward and, in maybe different ways and changing up habits and routines.
0: Mm, Yes. I follow this gentleman who um, has recently been um, loud and proud about this idea of midlife. Instead of a midlife crisis, it's a midlife chrysalis. Mm. And he recently did a TED Talk about it. He has a book coming out about it. But I think it is such a gift to those of us that feel... Um, unsettled as we move into our fifties and beyond. And I think alcohol shows up in ways that can really shine a light on what we want next. And so allowing that this could look different is such a place of transformation.
1: Yeah. I love being able to have the space to talk about it because um, it gives voice to, I think, so many um, women and and probably men as well who feel kind of in the dark with some of this and maybe even unaware of how it's impacting their life. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming and sharing your um, perspective on what it means to live in, in alcohol freedom. And um, gosh, you have uh, so much to offer the people who have been right where you are,
1: Allison. So tell us where people can find you and connect with you. Uh well my website is the insideoutfreedom.com and I'm on Facebook um Inside Out Freedom and on Instagram with that same name. Um, and so yeah, you can reach out that way. And yeah, if you have any questions and I would love to chat. Yes. And you also shared
0: with me that you have a small group that meets um, and gets together for just connection calls. And so if you are interested in feeling more connected with um, maybe Allison and her group, um, you can find out about that on her website as well. And so once again, thank you, Allison, for being here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Hey, I want to thank you for tuning in and listening to The Sober Edge. This is a place to have important conversations and a safe place to question everything you thought you knew about drinking. If you're looking for your sober edge, I invite you to connect with me at thesobernutritionist.com where you can grab my free resource, Five Healthy Reasons to Take a Break. And I would be grateful if you would take a moment to rate and review this podcast so together we can reach more people who are looking for their sober edge.